Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast show. This is your host, Danny, coming to you with another uplifting message. I hope that you had a good Thanksgiving. I hope that you was able to celebrate in some sort of form. I know that COVID had brought a change to this holiday season, that people weren't able to celebrate with their family all together in one place. This is the first time that we had the experience like this in the United States. You know, so uh, praise God. The Bible says be thankful for everything. I want to let you know that I got a good message for you today. A message that's going to move you and touch your heart and let you know that God is ultimately in control of everything. And even though the enemy may have a conversation with God about you, understand this. God is fully in control. So I want to let you know whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And so the title as much as it's going to be, it's, it's, it's just like this. Satan has a conversation with God. Satan has a conversation with God. Job. That's the title of his message. And I want to let you know because this is for everybody. Because everybody, the enemy, does know your name. And he has had a conversation with God about you. And guess what? God knows what you are made of. And God knows your heart. And God knows that you love him. Uh, and before we dive into this conversation that Satan has with God, I want to let you know that you're not alone. And if you're hurting, if you're depressed, if you're feeling sad and lonely, understand this. God said in the book of Joshua, he would never leave you nor forsake you. He would be with you in your hour and time. And I want to let you know that I want to stand in agreement with you. I want to pray with you. I want to believe that God would do something special in your life for you, that he would move mountains for you. And I want to let you know today, I've been reading from the NIV Bible. So if you want to take notes, remember like this, one thing about this podcast, you can replay it over and over and over again until it penetrates your shandala, your soul. So I just want to let you know, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And the title of the message is, Satan has a conversation with God, Job. But before we start, let's open up in prayer. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, oh, Father, do I thank you for the day. I thank you, Father, for this message that you have put inside my spirit to give to your people today, to let them know that you are ultimately in control of everything. And even Satan knows that, and that he's on a leash, that he only can do what you permit him to do. Father, I pray for the people, Father, the people who struggled during this holiday season because they were missing their loved ones. And Father, I pray for the people, Father, on the day of Thanksgiving where they lost a loved one because it has happened and lost multiple loved ones in the course of a week, in the course of a day. Father, I pray that you bless your people, Father. I pray, Father, that you meet their needs, that you would be with them 
like your word said, that you would be with them in the fire, that you would be with them in the flood, that you would be with them in darkness, Father. Oh, Father, I just thank you, Father, for this mighty word that you have given me today to share with your people. Satan has a conversation with God. I just want to let y'all know this in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to let y'all know this, just how powerful your God is. God is so awesome that he allows things, but he's fully in control. He doesn't answer to no one. Whatever God wants to do, he does. He doesn't answer to anyone. And that word sovereign. There is no other. He doesn't answer to anyone. He's completely in control of everything that happens. That's what a Christian believes about their God. And that's what I believe about my God. And so we're going to dive into Job. And we're going to look at this conversation that Satan has with God. And guess what? Satan has a conversation with you to God as well. And I want you to know that God is ultimately in control of whatever happens to you. Remember this. Greater he that is in you than he that's in the world. And you know, uh, and I, I talk, I'll share this with you a little later about this. Isaiah 54, 17, where it says, no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. Because, you know, if you look into that chapter and you begin to read that chapter, you'll see where it says that God created the waste of the destroy. In other words, God is able, he's ultimately in control, or even the thing that's trying to come against you. And he can shoot it down. You know, one of the biggest promises that God has for believers, he says, the seed of the righteous will be delivered. That means when you serve God, God watches over your family. He watches over your children. And when we look at this story of Job, we're going to see some things that's going to be like, wow, man, why did that happen? Why did God allow it to happen? What is the purpose of it? Well, I'm going to give you a tad bit secret. This, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Job's name means he wouldn't cry out, persecuted. The challenge is, will Job curse his God? What Satan didn't realize and fails to realize that God knows everything. God knows what's inside of you. So I don't know who I'm talking to at this moment. And you might feel insignificant. You might feel that your life doesn't matter. You might feel that who really cares about me? Who really loves me? I want to let you know that God loves you and I love you. And I'm believing that God would turn things around for you in an instant. Do you know that your life can change suddenly? It can change. Woo. Understand this. God is fully in control. 
whatever you're dealing with, I don't know uh, if you're dealing with that you don't have a job. Uh, you know, now we didn't get over Thanksgiving. Now here comes Christmas. What do I do? How do I provide for my family? What do I do for my kids? God is in control. How do I pay my rent? How do I, I pay my card note? How do I put food on the table? Uh, a while back, I had a challenge going on. I don't know if y'all remember, but it was reading Matthew chapter 6. And it was dealing with seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it says all these things will be added on to you. And what we found out in that study was something very simple. We found out that it just means putting God first. And then we also found out what faith is. It's impossible to please God without faith. He that cometh to God must believe. He's a reward of them that diligently seek him. And what God wants you to see is that he's greater than your enemy. And so I'm going to try to show that with you today as we dive into Job chapter 1, that God is in control. One of the biggest things that the children of Israel wrestled with when they were in the wilderness was God. They saw things greater than God. And God has showed them great things. He showed them miracles. He showed them all kind of wonders. He was trying to prove to them that he could take care of them. But what happens is, this is, this is one thing that I want you to know. I want you to write this down in your heart. God is bigger than your problem. God is bigger than your problem. Don't make your problem bigger than God. And so what, what tends to happen is, our problems seem to consume us, especially when you go through things for a long period of time. In other words, you just be like, I'm just tired, God. I want to come out of it. And you have to know that God is in control of that. And he will bring you out. You know, one of the greatest things that I love about the word of God, I love the word of God because once you put the word of God inside you, it speaks back to you. It's, you know, uh, it becomes a part of your spirit. Galatians said that God, in the fullness of time, that he sent forth his son. And you know, when God brought Christ in the Roman Pax area, it was because at this time, the Greek, the way they moved and language, it had a significance. And uh, it was the right opportunity for Christ to come. And so God knew this. He didn't send him in April's day. He didn't send him in David's day. He sent him at the appointed time where it would change the world. That it would take the Gentiles and make the Gentiles believers. Well, let's uh, get started in Job because I want to, because I want to, this it probably end up being a series. Probably, you know, I don't know how, many, how much the Lord is going to want me to touch on it, but I'm just going to touch on this. Satan has a conversation with God, Job. And this is what, it, this is what, and my son read from the NIV, right? In the book of Job, chapter 1. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. I want to go back to that. 
in the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. That's the very first verse. And it says that he was blameless. Job was blameless. It means he was mature worshiper of God whose conscience was clear. He was a man of integrity, wholesome. His attitude, righteousness was in his lifestyle. That's what that blameless means. I'm going to say it again. Job was blameless, meaning he was a mature worshiper of God whose conscience was clear. He was a man of integrity, wholesome in his attitude and righteous in his lifestyle. So I want you to understand this, that he was a mature worshiper. You got to understand, when you worship, you usher in the presence of God around you. And when you worship, you worship, worship brings protection. Say he was a mature worshiper. In other words, that meant that he trusted God. He believed God. Even when it hurt. You ever just love God through the midst of pain and sorrow and you just make God, I love you. And you know, and, and, and your world is falling apart. How many people been there? I've been there. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, I've been there, still there. But I'm trusting God because he's faithful. You know, uh, when we go through tribulations and we go through things that uh, happen, that negative, you know, we, we, we tend to lose heart. But I want to let you know today that whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Like I said, this is, this is a true statement. This is not a, a false statement. This is not something I'm just saying to make you feel good. I'm not trying to make you feel good. I'm trying to let you know that God loves you. But I want you to understand that one word was the reason for the enemy to attack Job or attack you. Let's look at, just look at this very verse again. In the land of us, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless, upright. He feared God and shunned evil. Blameless. Job was blameless, meaning he was a mature worship of God whose conscience was clear. He was a man of integrity, wholesome, in his attitude, righteousness, and his lifestyle. He just didn't talk to talk. He walked it. Can I get an amen there? And so we're going we're gonna to dive into this conversation because guess what? His worship brought him protection from God. And so I want you to know, you need to be a worshiper. You need to know how to worship God. And this is the reasons for Job's challenge. And this is what gets Satan upset. And as we go on to verse 2, it says this. He had seven sons, three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, and 500 yokes of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to take 
turns holding feasts in their homes, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. You see what, you see what it says? That he was the greatest man of the East because he was a mature worshiper of God. That meant that he kept his eyes on God. So I want you to keep your eyes on God. I want you to know whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Keep your eyes on God and see what God will do in the midst of your circumstances. I know it's hard. I know it's hard believing in God when things just don't go your way. When you think that it should go your way. Or when you make a mistake and you just hope that that mistake just didn't destroy everything. I know what it feels like to lose. They have great loss and have great pain. I understand. But guess what? I get up every day loving God. Believing God in his word. That he's able, that he's capable of taking my circumstances and flipping it around. Even if I don't see it. And even if I've been going through it for years. I believe God. In spite of everything, in spite of the negativity, in spite of the losses, in spite of the hurt and pain, in the tears, I believe God. I want you to hold on to this because, you know, we're going to talk about Job because Job needs to be talked about and needs to be understood that he was a blameless man. And we found out what blameless means, that he was a mature worship of God. And let's go on so we can, we can look at this. And we're going to go to verse 5. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would send and have them purify, be purified early in the morning. He would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their heart. This was Job's regular custom. Because Job, Job was a mature worshiper. And he was concerned about his kids. So he wanted to cover them. Now some people will tell you, but Job was a man who lacked confidence with his children and stuff like that. No, I'm going to tell you what he was. He was a caring parent who loved his children with all his heart. And he wanted to make sure they were protected because he believed God. And he felt that he could have a conversation with God. Just like Satan had a conversation with God, Job had a conversation with God. About, hey, if my kids offended you, help them, Father. That meant that he believed God in spite of everything that was going on around. In other words, he wanted to make sure his kids were protected because any good parent loves their kid. And they'll make that sacrifice. They will fight for their children. That's what Job was doing. In my eyes. And now, you know, uh, now just that's how I feel about that. In other words, who don't love their children? Who wouldn't? Want to ask God to protect them. And so, now we're about to get into this whole conversation. Job is about to be tested. Job is about to be tried. And man, this seems like it's so unfair. All these things are getting ready to happen to him. God, why? God, why? Yeah, I, I know I was a little extreme with that, but I wanted to get your attention because this is how Job felt. Could you imagine losing everything? Losing everything suddenly? And not say, God, why? 
Uh, not curse God. <laughs> I just want to share with you this, you know, how to endure, how to endure the pain, how to endure the hardship, how to trust God. One day the angels came present, present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came with them. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Now, I want, I'm, I'm, I want to share this with you because you got to see this because this is going to put you back when uh, God had called Adam and Eve. I think this is one, you know, in my thinking, you know, in other words, this is the moment where God gets the opportunity to come back to Satan how he came at Adam and Eve. And it says, one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with them. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Now, if you go back into Genesis, you'll, you'll see where when Adam and Eve ate from the fruit, it said that they hid from God. In other words, God was saying, don't think God didn't know where Satan was at. God knew where he's at. Well, I want you know, because God is omnipotent. He, he knows everything. In other words, there's nothing that God don't know. You can't tell God, well, I was uh, hiding in the basement. <laughs> no, God already knows that. So God knew what Satan. This is his moment to call him out about Adam and Eve. And so as we go forward, it says in verse 7, it says, The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered, the Lord from roaming through the earth, going back and forth. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Now you see this? Now I'm, I'm, a, I'm you know, I'm you, I want you to think about this. Now, the angels of God, they come to present themselves before the Lord. Satan comes, he's a fallen angel. He understands authority. He understands that God is in control of him. He know that he ain't just doing stuff because he can do it and, and get away with it. He understands that he has an end, but he also understands that God is in control. And this is what I mean about, and I want you to understand this, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's side of mind. I want you to know that what you represent to God and what you represent in the world to people. Now, Satan said he'd been walking around in other words, he can't find nothing, you know, that he wants to, what he wants to destroy. And God knows that he's on a mission to destroy something. And God says this to him, have you considered my servant Job? And what God was doing, God wasn't trying to bring havoc or hell into Job's life. God was saying, have you considered my servant Job? Because Job was a faithful man, a mature worshiper, someone who believed in God at all times. Satan didn't understand that, that there was nothing that he was going to do was going to make him withdraw from his God. And sometimes we have to be able to make this stand ourselves. We have to be able to stand, stand, stand on God's word. And as you look at this, I want you to, I just want, I just want, want this to penetrate your heart. I want you to notice, and Satan answered the Lord, from roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. So, just think. See, God, he, 
he's everywhere at all times. Satan says he had to walk back and forth. He had to roam. He just because he doesn't he doesn't have power like God, and that's what I want you to see. That he has to walk back and forth. He has to roam. He has to do all this leg work. Not God. So I want you to I want you to be happy to know this that there's nothing greater than God. Nothing. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on the earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Now, I'm going to show you about a smart alley. Devil's a smart alley because, you know, he, he, he going to come back to God. So I'm, I'm talking to God. When you pray, that's what you're doing. You're talking to God. Talk to God about your situation and circumstances and see what God won't do. And you and, and, and let's go back to let's go back to let's go back to this verse again so we can see it uh, in verse eight. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Now we're going we're getting ready to get into the devil's rebuttal. God says that he, he, he God is could you imagine God himself saying have you considered my servant Danny? He talk about he fears me. He shuns evil. Could you imagine God giving a testimony about you? See that's what the power of the testimony. See God is giving a testimony in the earth over Job's life. He's giving the testimony. This is why we overcome by the testimony, by the blood of the Lamb. I want you to see it, because if you see it, then you can understand it. That your testimony has weight. That it moves and it does change people. You know, one of the great things about the Apostle Paul was that all he ever did was mention his testimony. I was on the road of Damascus, a light shone, and it was Christ saying, why you do this to me? You see, that changed his life. His testimony changed his life. He got a name change. He went from Saul to Paul. Hallelujah. I want y'all to get excited because I want you to know that God is in control of everything. There's nothing that God is not in control of. And this is what, this is what Satan says. Smart Alec. Just, just smart Alec. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the works of his hands so that his flock, his herbs, are sp spread throughout the land. But See, that's that word, that big old word. That word, but, is so powerful and big. Three, three, three letters, B-U-T, but. See, Satan is bringing an accusation now that, hey, man, God, anybody going to worship you, man, and praise you, man? Look what you didn't gave this, man. You didn't gave him everything. This man, man, come on, God. You want, you got his whole household protected. Remember, remember I told you earlier? God said the seed of the righteous will be delivered. Right here, this verifies that what I said is true. Because what the enemy said, 
that you're, you got everything. You got his animals. You got his household. You got all them protected. I can't do nothing to him anyway because you haven't given me permission. So I want you to get excited because God is, God is in control. Now, I know when we start talking about all these things that happened to Job, it's going to be like, man, Danny, man, I don't understand this, man, because the loss hurts. But the reward is great. Did you hear me? The loss hurt. But great is the reward. Understand this. Sometimes you have to have some pain to see the beauty that God has before you. Because, in a, you know, it's going to seem like that, man, God is unfair to Job. But I want you to know, God is never unfair. God is just. God is holy. God loves you with an everlasting love. Don't be discouraged. That's what he told Joshua. Don't be discouraged. He said, every place where you tread your foot, I'm going to give them to you. And he did it. Okay. And so I know, I know I'm getting excited, but I want you to be excited because I want you to understand. Satan has a conversation with God. Job has a conversation with God. You have a conversation with God. You can talk to God about your circumstances. So I want you to be encouraged today. I want you to be encouraged to know that God loves you. And this is what the Lord says in verse 12. The Lord said to Satan, very well. Then, clearly God said, hey man, you got me. You hit me hard. You know, in other words, he's saying, hey, you saying this man only loves me because I've been protecting him. And then this, this is how you know that God has, he has ultimate authority over everything on the earth. He has, he's the supreme power. And this is what the, this is what happens. I want you to see this. I want you to see it because you need to see it. Then the Lord said to Satan, "Very well, then everything he has is in your hands, but on the man himself, do not lay a finger." Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. See what I mean about authority. I want you to understand. God gave him strict commands. Gave him a strict command. And Satan didn't try to do more than what God told him to do. In other words, because God is in control. I want, you, I, want, I want to come back and I want you to see this because you see it, then you'll be able to see it. You'll be able to see. Now, and like I said, now the things, the events is getting ready to happen. It's going to seem like really horrific. It's going to seem like, man, God is unfair. You know, in other words, man, I don't want to serve him. This is, this, this is what it's going to feel like to someone who don't know God. And the only way you know God, get to know God, is in his word. Remember this, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And you're not alone. You're not alone. I want you to send your prayer request in. I want to pray for you. I want to believe that God would take your circumstances and flip them around and turn them around for you. And so let's look at this. Then Satan went out. From the presence of the Lord. One day when Job's sons and daughter 
were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house. A messenger came to Job and said, the ox were plowing and the donkey was grazing near and the sea bins attacked and carried them off. Now, he just got hit by some raiders. They came and took out, and took his, took his livestock, right? You know, you, now, hey, you know, Job, you know, this is, the, the devil was trying to shake his faith. The devil was trying to shape his faith through a string of events. Now, this happens. Job is still, you know, listening. He's still moving. They put the servants to the sword. And I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. He said, hey, not only did they take the last stop, but they didn't kill your servants. I'm the only one that's left able to come and tell you what happened. So now, <laughs> you see, now he's, he's, this is the enemy. The enemy is trying to take from you. I want to say, so what the enemy does is he tried to take the possessions that he think that we may value. He may, the repo men may come and take the car. They may foreclose on the house because he think those things are the things that are more important to you than God. But what he doesn't know is that you can worship God and lose a car. You can worship God and lose a house. You can worship God and lose a car. Remember I said the word blameless, that it meant that Job was a mature worshiper. In other words, that he truly believed in God. Hallelujah. I want you to get excited because God is fully in control. And God is in control of what's happening. Even though the enemy is doing these things, but ultimately God said, hey, don't you lay a finger on him. Don't you. Don't you do it. But I'm going to give you everything that he has in your hand besides that. And so now Satan is going to try to overdo it. He's just going to try to like annihilate this man. Because he wants to break this man. Because he doesn't believe the only reason Job is a mature worshiper is because of what God has given him. And then, let's go on. Then in verse 16, while he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the fire of God fell from the skies and burned up the sheep and the servants. I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. Now, the servants who was protecting the sheep, he said, man, God. Now, you see how God gets the blame. God is the blame for the fire that kills the sheep. This is what I mean. When people make misjudgments of God and, and blame God for the negative things that happen in their life. It was Satan who brought the fire on the sheep. Because remember what we found out that God said, don't put your hands on me. I'm giving you everything else. So it wasn't God who put the fire on him. So as we see the things that's starting to have been taken, don't blame God. See that it's Satan doing the work that he wants to do to break this mature worshiper to curse God because of the conversation. Then it says this. Now, he, only, he got two servers now. While he was still speaking. Could you imagine this? Have you ever been around? You got five different conversations going on at the same time. This is what Job is experiencing. I'm talking about one thing after another thing. It seemed like this would give this man a heart attack. 
While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the Chaldeans formed three raiders, raiding parties, and they swept down on your camels and carried them off. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. Now he got three, sir. I'm talking about, you know, this is, this is horrific, you know. And, and, you know, like, before the guy can finish the conversation, somebody else is coming back saying, hey, some more bad things. Now, uh, if you never smoked cigarettes, I had to be delivered from cigarettes. So I'll tell you this story one day, too. Uh, and, I, and actually, I'm going to tell you in this podcast. But this is, this is, this is, this is what happened. Uh, if you didn't smoke, you would need to smoke at this time because everything is coming back on Job. And I'm going to tell you about uh, a little bit about myself. You know, uh, I didn't start smoking cigarettes until I was in the Navy. But I ended up being coming addicted to cigarettes where I couldn't uh, break the habit. You know, in other words, uh, I would throw my cigarettes in the garbage and go get them and pick them back up. You know, in other words, I would think I'm going to quit today. Then why did you do that, fool? But God was so gracious. In 2002, I went to uh, this church called True Way in Chicago, and they had a Bible class, and the pastor was preaching, and he spoke the word of God over my life. And I remember getting in my car, balling my cigarettes up. And I never smoked cigarettes again. I had to be delivered because I couldn't do it on my own. But I had wanted to quit in my heart. And God helped me. So I want to let you know that God would help you. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. So I just want to let you know that, that God is good. Now I'm talking about, now you, now you, you hear all this, and it just says, that you got three people that brought three bad reports. And while he was speaking, yet another messenger came and said, your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house and it collapsed on them and they are dead. And I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Now he got four servants. He saw all his possessions and now the devil's getting ready to kick him, kick him hard, you know, just like boom, just kick him, just kick him so hard. And so and now they tell him all your kids are dead. Man, that's a devastating thing, and I can and I can testify that to it because you know, March of this year I lost my son. So I, you know, I'm talking about you know, there's nothing like losing a, a child. You know, in other words, whether whatever the age, my son was 26 when it happened. So, you know, in other words, uh, so when things happen like this, you don't know what to do. I'm talking about you know it hurts, but you know what though. I'm going to share this with you. God did something supernatural in my heart because whatever's on your heart matters on God's side, man. He filled my heart with love. And I just kept testifying about God in the midst of my son's death. And people would call and say, hey, Danny, I'm sorry about your loss. And they would say to me, I called to encourage you, but you encouraged me. And that was because the love of God that he put inside my heart. Boy, that hurt it. You know what I'm talking about? That was the worst day of my life. I, my, mother, my mother had been gone for like three years. And 
almost would have been four years when my son had passed. She passed in April. My son had passed in March. You talking about who just being hit, hit with a baseball bat. That was the experience that I had. But God, God was faithful. God filled my heart with love and compassion. He helped me. He helped me in the night season. And, you know, and this was during COVID. In other words, uh, it, wasn't no, it wasn't no people coming to the house. People were scared. People were still scared. It wasn't nobody. You know, it wasn't no big funeral. It wasn't none of that stuff. You know, in other words, it was just being alone with God. And God is faithful. I want to let y'all know that God is faithful. And then it says this in verse 20. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell on the ground, worshipped, and said, Now you see, I told you the word blameless means he was a mature worshiper. And we need to know how to worship God in the midst of conflict, in the midst of pain, in the midst of heartache. And this is a, a, this is so powerful, and I just you know I just want to just I just want to take a moment and just say, oh precious Father, I just thank you for the day. I thank you for your worth. I thank what you're doing for people, Father. And I'm praying for the hurt, the loss right now, Father. People just just consumed with so much pain and anguish and hurt that you would bless them, Father. That you would turn it around for them. That you would give them hope. That you would meet their needs, God. God, you're a great God. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this is what Job does. This is what I mean. Blameless, mature worshiper. At this, Job got up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. Then he fell on the ground in worship. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I would depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away May the name of the Lord be praised. Hallelujah. You see what he did? Could you imagine being Satan and you find out? He said, let the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. He was faithful and he stood and he worshiped God in the midst of his turmoil and pain. Now, you know this is going to be a secret. That's just the first chapter. So, uh, you know, I want to let you know whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. I want you to know that God is in control even when it hurts. And I want to close in prayer. Father, I just thank you, Father, for this word. I pray that you bless your people. I pray that this word just penetrate people's heart and mind. God, that you would do something wonderful for your people, Father. Oh, Father, do I glorify and magnify you. I thank you, Father, for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to say it was a pleasure to share this message with you. I'm praying that God will restore things to you. Uh, thank you for listening. And if you have any prayer requests, please send them. And I pray that you have a blessed day. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. Talk to you later.